You're listening to All In, a women's sports podcast on WFUV Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to All In, WFUV's women's sports podcast. I'm joined in here by Annabelle Watson and a very special new host <laughs> here. We've got Miles Grossman here, a new a new face to the All In crew. For those who don't know, Miles Grossman was the New York Liberty beat reporter last year and then hopefully this year to be determined, but um, you'll know why that's relevant because a lot of this show today is actually about the New York Liberty. We're going to get into a lot, starting with the John Quell Jones trade to the New York Liberty. We're going to break that down and then get into some Brianna Stewart free agent possibilities, also connected to the New York Liberty. And then we're going to talk about Maya Moore, who's recently retired. We're going to end the show with some U.S. Women's National Team talk and a fun segment to talk about our winter break. But before we get into all of that, Annabelle, Miles, how are you guys doing today? I'm very good. I'm happy to be back in the studio. This is my first time back in the studio since winter break. So I'm happy to be here with you guys and happy to have Miles on as a new guest. Um, I'm just super excited to talk about the Liberty. I think there's some interesting trade things that happen. And I'm super excited to talk about Maya Moore and the impact she's had as a UConn fan and being from Connecticut. She was a big part of my childhood so super excited to discuss that yeah lots to talk about I mean the blockbuster of the off season seems to have already occurred and yeah that that theme music by the way I don't know who did that I don't know who put that together <laughs> Maddie Bamonte special job that's probably the best one we have here honestly I agree yeah but yeah yeah I'm excited to get into the, the Liberty's big trade it's a, it's a new chapter of Liberty basketball it really is and Annabelle you mentioned something we're back in the studio well at least for me I was uh, in my hometown of Memphis Tennessee for the past about you know give or take a month so I am thrilled to I mean zoom podcasts are great but mm-hmm. there really is nothing like being in studio right. so I'm excited to get into it and with that being said let's dive right in John Quell Jones is off to Barclays in the New York Liberty a little overview on what John Quell Jones has done up to this point. She is the 2021 MVP, the Suns' all-time leader in blocks, a four-time All-Star, and she's averaged a double-double twice in her career in 2017 and 2021. So the New York Liberty are getting a huge, huge piece, and and something that I think they struggled with a little bit last year is, you know, rebounding defense, and they're getting probably the best defensive player in the WNBA. So to recap with the trade, it was a three-team trade. The Liberty received John Quill Jones from the Sun, Kayla Thornton from the Wings, Dallas. The Wings received Natasha Howard from the Liberty and the rights to Crystal Dangerfield from the Liberty as well. And then the Suns received the six overall pick from the Liberty, Beck Allen from the Liberty, and Ty Harris from the Wings. Miles, I'll start with you. When you see this trade hit Twitter, what are your first reactions? Well, I, it's just excitement initially, right? Because the New York Liberty were in this limbo era, right, where... They were recognizing their big three as Sabrina as a franchise point guard, which she is, Benajah Laney as the second offensive player, and then 
Natasha Howard as the wrapping up the big three. And I think it's kind of known in W you need a big three to compete for a championship. When you have a league that's only 12 teams, the talent is so condensed that you need at least three genuine franchise players, superstars. And it got to the point with this chapter of Liberty Basketball, it became obvious to the front office that this three-headed monster of, of Laney, Howard, and Sabrina is not going to cut it when you have teams like the Aces, teams like the, the old Connecticut uh, son who will probably rebuild in, in a few years and have a similar dynasty. But, um, you know, it, it's obvious that they, they were recognizing that that chapter of New York Liberty basketball needed to end, and now they're starting a new three-headed monster with obviously Sab at the franchise point guard spot. And now John Quell Jones, uh, a, a genuine franchise player, former uh, MVP a, a year in and year out. If she stays healthy, she's going to be an MVP candidate. She's only 29 years old also. You know, I feel like they got a bit of a steal because she's still in her prime. That's that's really she's a player who could play to near thirty eight years old. I, I I'd assume I'd, yeah. I'd hope so if she wants to play. Um, so yeah, they'll they'll be happy to have her around forever. So I think it's obvious. You know, the, the Liberty won this deal. Uh, they they the Connecticut Sun were in a tough spot because John Cole Jones met with various clubs and said New York is where I want to be. That uh, you know in Connecticut, you know when you have when you respect the the stardom mm-hmm. of John Paul Jones, you send her to New York and you're unlikely to get the value back because, you know, you're kind of you're in a tough spot. You, the New York Liberty are also where she wants to come. So but right. a, a great start for the New York Liberty's offseason. Absolutely. Yeah, I think viewing this as someone who isn't as well versed in the Liberty as Miles, I think it's very impressive to me that they were able to get Jones, who is this franchise player as you mentioned miles and it's also giving them a bunch of cap space so it's just an incredibly smart trade and as you mentioned miles there's no way you can deny that they're the winners of this trade um you know it makes me very excited for the liberty season and you know jones is just such an impressive player she's a great shooter efficient on defense on both sides of the ball she really is gonna affect this Liberty team in a great way and you know as we'll get into later you know you can have this this big big three with Brianna Stewart possibly um (laughs) which you know they they could be on the way to a super team so you know I just think that the Liberty this is a very smart trade and um very impressive honestly I personally, and I hope this isn't an overreaction, but I really think for the Liberty, this is one of the best trades in, in WNBA history because there's there's quite a few reasons for that. One, of course, you get John Quill Jones, and the situation really benefited the Liberty. The Liberty fully knew John Quill Jones only wanted to go to New York, so they're obviously going to take advantage of that fact, and the Sun, we're going to always respect that. Good for the Sun. Um, however, their rebuild doesn't look great as a result of it. I mean, the number six overall pick... In next year's draft, I would say mm-hmm. this would be a much better pick. In this year's draft, I think after the top three or four, you see a drop off. Um, in next year's draft, I mean, there's, I mean, this is like the Caitlin Clark Page Becker's draft. So uh, the Sun didn't really get the value back or even a little bit. But when I first saw this trade, I was like, no way. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a highway robbery. But then I looked a little more and it became a little more understandable for, understandable for the Sun to get at least some talent back. I mean, Beck Allen is great. I mean, she's she was very efficient for the the Liberty. Am I like absolutely heartbroken to see her go? Considering we got John Quill Jones, no. And the same thing with Natasha Howard. I mean, she was with with Benajah Laney gone. She was that two piece for mm-hmm. uh, for Sabrina Unescu. So that's obviously a big loss. But I think 
Jonquil Jones is kind of like a better version of Natasha Howard. So I think you see just a straight up upgrade in every single category of this trade. Um, so, I mean, the Liberty are, are genuinely really, really in a good position now. And I'm glad you touched on who the Liberty lost because that is important, right? Beck Allen and Natasha Howard were two of their most important faces for the last seven years, it seems. And uh, obviously, you know, Beck Allen's been around for what it feels like forever. She's been a face of this franchise. I feel like a lot of the Liberty community was emotionally attached to her for good reason. She was a really kind person. Um, and it's going to be difficult to see Beck Allen move on and and face Natasha Howard on the road. That will be interesting to see. Um, and I, I'm really excited for Natasha Howard's future in, in Dallas. I think that her and Enrique, they've played together overseas before. They have a relationship with USA Basketball as well. And, you know, that's a really fun duo. Everyone knows how explosive Enrique Akumbawale is. And then to add kind of a, a seasoned vet yeah. In, in Natasha Howard, that'll be a fun pairing in Dallas. But on, on the Liberty's end, one of the things that everyone's glossing over is is, is Kayla Thornton joining this ball club because she's you know kind of an unsung hero for the Dallas Wings. You know she she's super fun. She she adds a lot of that attitude that Dallas carried with them last year. I feel like she was a locker room player. She was kind of that spark plug. And you know in New York, she's gonna fit right in with with Dee Dee Richards and this culture. It's gonna be fun. Um, and you know. Yeah, I think Kayla Thornton is a player that we'll talk about later in the Liberty season and say, hey, wow, like that was really an undervalued part of this trade mm-hmm. that we, we got a solid role player in Kayla Thornton. And the thing is with Kayla Thornton is she's likely to go off for 15 any given night, which is an incredible piece to have. Something I want to see from her as she transitions to the Liberty is is maybe becoming a little more consistent because while she's likely to go off for 15 mm-hmm. every night, she's also likely to score two points. So I think I would Hit be okay. Miss, right? Yeah, I would be okay even like meeting in the middle, like eight or nine points per game, even like six or seven <laughs> points per game. Yes. Yeah, I just want to see consistency. I mean, I it's hard for a player like that when especially, you know, the New York Liberty are, are setting themselves up for playoff games. So in a playoff mm-hmm. game, if you need her to perform, it's like, will she, won't she? I, I would much rather know what I'm getting. Um, but I think the biggest thing, another thing people are glossing over here is the fact that through this trade, the Liberty acquired an MVP and Kayla Thornton and somehow through mm-hmm. this trade shed salary cap. Exactly <laughs> right. No, it's, and that's something that amazes yeah. me. Like you get arguably a top three player in the WNBA mm-hmm. and you shed salary cap. And with that, you can get what I think is the best overall player in the WNBA. We're going to transition here to talking about Brianna Stewart, who I will say my second favorite player in the WNBA. Number one is Courtney Vandersloot, which uh, ironically enough is also connected to the New York Liberty here. But we're going to talk about Brianna Stewart. She is a powerhouse and she will make any team a contender by herself. So mm-hmm. the fact she could be joining a team that already has Sabrina Unescu, Jean-Quel Jones, so many other, I mean, Steph Dolson, Hanju probably, if she if she comes back. Yeah, I mean, uh, she, she will, she will. She will. Yeah. <laughs> There's absolutely... At some point in the year, it depends how late, yeah. but she, I, I'm sure she'll be back. Yeah, so guys, let's say Brianna Stewart. It, it's a big, huge question mark. Like, And Brianna Stewart has been flaming the... Fanning the fire a little bit yeah. with her, <laughs> yeah. with her no tweets. Um, with her tweets, I spent a good. I didn't spend as much time as I saw other people on Twitter did trying to figure out those emojis, but I did yeah. spend like <laughs> maybe three minutes being like, "What could this mean?" But then I saw, I like looked at the replies. And I'm like, "People are thinking too deep into this. I, I will not be giving it my time." Um, but if Brianna Stewart 
does come to the Liberty, is this team now a championship or bust team? I mean, I think so. I think if they really complete the big three in that manner, uh, it is a championship or bust year with that kind of star power. And I think this offseason could potentially turn into the Jonathan Kolb show. Jonathan Kolb being the general manager of the New York Liberty, he's known for his ability to manage his salary cap. He's He really got the job because of that. He comes from the league front office, and that was really what his, his claim to fame was when he got hired as the youngest general manager at the time. And um, I listened to him on a good friend of mine, Mark Schindler's podcast recently, and he was just talking about how his time, uh, you know, working as a young guy in Phoenix, and then and then moving over to the league office and and getting his law degree and then moving over to the Liberty. It's like, uh, you know, this is his time to shine. It seems now this this off season where he sheds cap space, where sorry creates cap space. My apologies with Jonquil coming over, and now it's the opportunity to sign. Potentially two all stars, if not just one. Um, you know, Brianna uh, Stewart, and then obviously Courtney Vandersloot. It's like if he completes that, it'll be this historic off season, which I think he's kind of supposed to be this this young gun that, that could have that potential. And you know, it, it's exciting for the Liberty to say this decision to hire a particularly young GM could really pay off in a big way. Um, obviously, it's still still there's a lot to be told, but. Uh, it, it, there's the potential for an exciting team. I think it's what it really stands at a 50-50 shot, whether they'll land right. those all-stars. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Miles. I think that pending they do acquire these all-stars, if you have a super team like this, you you got to set your expectations high. And for me, that would be a championship. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I saw that Jones and Stewart like played together in Europe. So I think that's great. There's already some team chemistry there. Um, So I think, you know, if they can get those pieces, that's just going to be a really fun team to watch and very successful. They played on a team that was so stacked. Jean-Claude Jones was coming off the bench (laughs) that I read about that. And that is Mm -hmm. insane. Like, oh, man, it's it's also a whole nother conversation about how they have to go overseas to to get money but yeah. that's that's for another day <laughs> um, <laughs> but um another huge thing uh, about the brianna stewart thing is they they also i mean the liberty are just like rich with assets they ha- they still have another first round tradable pick that they can do a sign mm. and trade with and they can afford a supermax i mean yeah they have <laughs> sabrina unescu jean quo jones benigel and they can still sign a supermax <laughs> that <laughs> that's just mind-boggling to me and it's i mean as someone who has reported on the liberty enjoys watching them this is amazing for me i love watching it and and to even say we could afford courtney vandersloot on top of that this is likely to be one of the first kind of acquired super teams we've seen Mm. in wnba a lot of the aces was kind of like homegrown which is amazing to see and Mm. they are a super team in their own right but this is the first time i think we're seeing a super team growing in one offseason and i think for the liberty the trades really might not be done yet because if they're going to go after that Vandersloot Stewie combo. I think we could see Blaney getting shipped, and then yeah. we could see even Steph Dolson possibly getting shipped because that's a big contract. And you know, when you think about that, that JJ Sab Stewie Vandersloot, I don't know the role that Steph Dolson really plays in that. 100%. So you could you could really free up some space getting rid of her. So I think the the moves are just beginning to get underway. Absolutely, and and another thing is when you have those four players already on your starting lineup. 
you don't have to pay a lot for that fifth spot, I don't think. You don't, I mean, to have Steph Dolson on, under so much money on her contract, I think mm-hmm. you can you can free that up, sign, you know, a younger player, mm-hmm. take your chances, because worst case scenario, you have four all-stars out there and someone who's struggling. And and not even to mention the plethora of, like, young stars, the, the uh, Johannes uh, yeah. Chu. Like, oh, she's incredible. That Yeah. The role players are kind of already there. It's about now yeah. adding the big names, and, you know, if, if Stephanie Dolson is not one of the big names you see... It's not, maybe it's time to move on. And on that current roster that they had last year, they even, you know, they they almost got to the second round. So yeah. there's already a huge, like a great base there. And the fact mm-hmm. they were able to build on that the way they have and potentially even more is, you know, hats off to the GM, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. he's doing an absolute, absolutely incredible job. I, I don't know what he could have done to do a better job at this point. And it's funny because they've had some, you know, average years and there's been some question marks saying, you know, I know this is a a good ball club. This is a talented team, but this is not a championship team. That was right. obvious. And every press conference he went to was like, "We're not." No one considered them a championship ball club, even themselves. And that was kind of frustrating for a couple of years. And now you look back and you're thinking, "Well, I guess maybe this was all worth it." The the kind of like, we'll take the eight seed. The eight seed, we're not really in it. And now this could be the start of a new era. Yeah, and to to be able to recognize that because there's a lot of teams across all sports that will see like potential in a team but stick with that potential for too long and then you're five years down the road and you're like oh we're still like fighting for an eight seed and a seven mm-hmm. seed and we haven't mm-hmm. really gotten better so the fact that he has gone out of his way to be like all right i don't want to get stuck in this trap of like yeah we'll, we'll get better next year we'll get better next year we'll get better next year and then yeah. six years down the line and you're still in the same space i think is incredible that that they're obviously going out of the way and there's i mean Anything could happen. I mean, you look at like the Nets, who didn't do very well last season, and yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I truly don't see a way that this this Liberty team doesn't compete for at least a two or a three seed. Like, yeah, as of as it stands today, I would say there's still a lot to, up in the air. Yeah, that it could still be that that five six seed team if they don't land right anybody else. But I think it's likely they make at least one more trade and, and sign at least one big name. I think and that's it's still an upgrade. safe to say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They do, if they do nothing else, it's still an upgrade. They have yeah. John Paul Jones. But um, we are going to move on a little bit. We're going to stick in the WNBA, but but move on from the Liberty. Maya Moore has announced her retirement. And the story behind Maya Moore's career is, you know, it's nothing short of incredible. I mean, her playing career, she won four championships with the Minnesota Lynx. I mean, she retired after, I believe, her eighth season. So half the season she played, she won a championship. Probably one of the most <laughs> dominant players in the league. I mean, dominant in UConn, and I know Annabelle is excited to talk about her yeah. UConn days. <laughs> um, but but outside of the WNBA, she left the WNBA in her prime after the eighth season in, in 2018 to focus on getting the prison sentence of a longtime family friend, Jonathan Irons, overturned. His 50-year sentence did end up getting overturned with the help of Maya Moore, and the two ended up getting married and have a child now. So what an incredible story. Annabelle, I'll start with you. Yeah, definitely. Her social justice work is absolutely incredible. She has probably done one of the most for um, social justice as an athlete. Um, But for me, Maya Moore is very special because I grew up with her playing at UConn. And to me, she was one of the most prominent athletes in my childhood, which I think is a very different experience from a lot of other women because, you know, they grew up and in, in the prominent athletes were all men. But she she really made me think, you know, 
I could do that if I really wanted to. Obviously, I, I didn't. But, um, you know, she, I think, did a lot for girls like me who were local. And and she was just celebrated by everyone because she was so good at UConn, so dominant. And, you know, she's made a lot of big steps for women. She was the first woman to sign with Jordan. Um, and she's just absolutely incredible. And I'm sad to see her go. But, you know, we'll always have she'll always have that legacy with UConn and in the WNBA. Yeah, and Maya Moore is a, you know, one of a kind player. And I think that anyone could just get lost, lose an afternoon watching Maya Moore highlights. Like she, she she's yeah. just an electric player. Mm-hmm. You know, she's one of those that's just that's like why you love basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And I think her story is one of those uh, you could point to and say like this is what makes sports so special, mm-hmm. right? Like her her career arc is just one of a kind and it's like it's unbelievable I think that, you know, her officially retiring was a a nice opportunity for everyone who witnessed her greatness uh, to look back and say, "Hey, remember how mm-hmm. special Maya Moore's tenure was because it was it was truly one of a kind and um you know, th- that whole <laughs> 50% of your young career winning rings, that is, no one will ever do that again. I mean, that's just, that's unreal. Yeah, and I'm sorry for those who are watching on YouTube. Uh, just saw me have an absolute coughing fit. Oh my, oh my God. All right, we're good now. We're good now. But yes, you guys really hit it right on the head there. Maya Moore, I mean, there's really nothing you can say bad about someone who has done so much for the league and so much for social justice and prison reform. I mean, Across the board, she's just been so great at everything she's done. And I think that, I mean, of course she's already, she hasn't played in quite a while. So this retirement was really more, I mean, Miles, we were talking about this earlier. It was more of a just letting everyone know, hey, guys, I'm definitely not coming back. (laughs) It was probably obvious before, but now it's official. Um, But with that being said, I mean, really, I mean, what else, what else can you say? Yeah, She, She has just been incredible i mean her actual playing career was a little bit before when when i became a fan of the wnba so i watched some highlights of her last night in prep of course mm-hmm. i've heard of maya moore um but wow i mean the, the skill set she has is amazing sharpshooter i mean just across the board of course the wnba lost a a really great player in the prime of her career but what she's done outside of that was so much more important mm-hmm. in my opinion Absolutely. You almost said lost like she passed. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but we're going to move on again here out of the WNBA and move into the U.S. Women's National Team as we're wrapping up this episode. They played New Zealand last night, won for a very late game, 10 p.m. start time for, for the East Coasters. They they won 4-0, to zero, and I think the, uh, the biggest story of this game was Lynn Williams. Recently acquired from Gotham, if you watched the NWSL trade special we did last week, you know this. We re- we got uh, Lynn Williams from The Current via a trade for the number two overall pick. And a huge thing has been the, the riskiness behind that trade because she's coming off an Achilles tear. Whether or not she would come off of that injury and be as dominant and as good of a goal scorer as she was prior to the injury. But I think she pretty much quieted all those... Uh, doubters out there. I mean, she scored an incredible, incredible header um, and really showed that she is back and she is ready. And I don't know about you guys, but as a person who watches Gotham, this is a great sign. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great sign for Gotham and for the U.S. women's national team. Um, There was some talk about it took 45 minutes to score the first (laughs) goal, which, you know, I think we're far enough away where there's enough time to 
make some improvements. But I think it's great to see um, Mallory Swanson. I want to call her Mallory Pugh so bad. It's such (laughs) a weird change. But Mallory Swanson uh, scoring two goals and Alex Morgan and Lynn Williams. It'll be a good core for them. And, you know, they're they're realizing their struggles early enough. So hopefully they can kind of learn to put their foot on the gas and um, attack early and get those early goals. Yeah, it ended up being a dominant performance, you know, 4-0. But for the first half, it was, you know, dominated possession, dominated opportunities, but just couldn't capitalize. I mean, I guess it is, you know, like you said, it's, it's it's early in this in this process. But, um, you know, got it done in the second half and really all you could ask for in the circumstance. But, of course, for Julia and our and our Gotham fans, it was it was it was more New York Taylor than that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Annabelle, you bring a good point about how it took forty or it took fifty two minutes. I mean, it was zero zero at halftime. Uh, Mallory Swanson scored in the fifty second minute to open it up. But I am genuinely concerned about the coaching here because this is not a new thing. The struggle to score. I mean, you're looking at four zero and you're like, okay, well they didn't struggle to score, but it, mm. it took them till the second half to open up the scoring. If you're watching that first half, you're like, oh no, these issues are still here. And I think we're going to still see that. I mean, in New Zealand, I mean, love the country, great, great <laughs> people, but their team is not good. Yeah. Like New Zealand is not a, a Canada, Brazil, a Sweden, you know, you're not going to see them compete for a world cup. Mm-hmm. So the fact we struggled in the first half to, score against them i mean we lost to spain when spain didn't have any of their starters that was a whole crazy story we have seen huge struggles by this team and i hate to be the person that's super negative but (laughs) it's it's worrying to me and i think it we're too late into it to see a coaching change but i've been screaming from the rooftops for since the 2020 olympics early 2021 um that vodka and anasi is not the answer for this team they need to to transition but but nevertheless, I digress. 4-0. <laughs> it was a 4-0 win. Uh, they will play New Zealand again in a few days, I believe. But we are going to end the show with a little fun talk. I definitely want to hear about how you guys' winter breaks were. Annabelle, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I would say my winter break, I took in a lot of basketball. Yeah. Um, my dad was a basketball coach, high school basketball coach. So I enjoy going to games with him. My Big brother is a high school girls basketball coach, so I got to go see a bunch of those games, and I did travel all the way to URI to see the Fordham men's basketball team play. They did lose, but um, <laughs> the Ryan Center, which is URI's arena, is like absolutely beautiful, and it was fun um, to go see that. And then I got to see UConn play Georgetown um, in Oh, women, women's or men's? Men's. Oh. Sorry. They, they lost the game, didn't they? No, they, no, they won. won. Okay. They won. Gotcha. They're on a downward spiral yeah. now, but we won't talk about that here. <laughs> um, which we got to go to Gamble Pavilion, which in my opinion, I love Fordham, but um, <laughs> I sometimes I wish I went to UConn just to be in that game yeah. atmosphere. But the historic Rose Hill yeah. Gym. Yeah, I kept saying that to my parents. They kept being like, don't you wish you went to UConn? And I was like, no, we have the historic <laughs> Rose Hill Gym, exactly. so take that. <laughs> it's old, but it's small, sadly. Yeah. Miles, how was your winter break? It was good. Um called some uh Fordham women's basketball Oh yeah, you games. guys went on like a huge like road trip, right? I was home for the road trip. Oh, Lou gotcha. and uh Andrew Galata. Andrew went on the road to Dayton and jo- uh GW. Nice. Um nice. but yeah, I was back for the uh VCU and stuff and 
yeah, it was it was a good good winter break. We got to go home, see some family, see some friends, and then yeah, back to. And I don't know if this will air today, but I do want to say UMass here in Rose Hill gym tonight. Come out, fill the hill, free oh, we'll Chick Fil A, yes. fill uh, free T-shirts, white out game, white out game, wear white. There's white T-shirts there for you. In fact. Huge rivalry game. I'm I'm pres- yes. I'm producing that game later tonight, and I'm very very excited for it because this is you know if, if you're a fan of women's or a Fordham women's basketball, you know last season it that loss mm-hmm. stung. The UMass ended Fordham season in the A10s, and it was a it was a game Fordham looked like they were going to win until yeah. like the last two minutes, and they kind of uh, imploded there. So this could be and Fordham remembers it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and you're calling that game? Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. That'll be great. Uh, my winter break was pretty cool. I went back to Memphis. It was great. I got to watch some some Memphis Grizzlies on the TV. Ever since John Moran has apps gone absolutely insane, it's like tickets are like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So and the FedEx form is pretty small, so it's like tickets are limited. Um, but you know, on a ten-game win streak, I don't want to say that too loud because I don't want to jinx them. But uh, go Grizzlies! Um, yeah, and it was great to see family. I got to hang out with my mom a lot. It was a whole lot of fun. We watched we watched a lot of football. She's a huge Bills fan, so being around her recently has been insufferable <laughs> um, because she is just everything is Bills, 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 and she is also awful to watch football with in the, in the nicest way possible just because she is like the most superstitious person ever oh, Funny. so if, she, if she's wearing like a bill's shirt and they start losing she will like go change go change yeah, yeah. And i'm it, the same way and if, <laughs> and if they're losing she will like pause it and not watch it and i'm like i'm like bro i'm trying i like i'm a titans fan so i, I mean yeah. i don't really care about the bills i'm trying to enjoy football and she's like they're, they're losing because i'm watching i can't watch i can't watch i'm like are you serious right now but it's it's also to to kind of wrap this episode in a bow. It's really great to be back here. I am I am so thrilled to be back in studio. I mean I've missed being here. I mean there's nothing like WFUV. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. With that being said, we are going to wrap up this edition of All In. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. All In, a women's podcast, is a production of WFUV Sports. Mm-hmm.